137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. If you're listening, you know it's the Pixelated Paranormal Show, and we are your guides to the unusual and the strange. And tonight, we have a ton of strange stuff to talk about, including, but not limited to, a Bigfoot who couldn't take no for an answer, more robots screwing shit up for everybody, how to self-medicate and drug yourself to dream better, and creepy pervert horse people who like to watch little boys pee through the bathroom window. I'm no longer uncomfortable uh, being on this show. And people said it couldn't get any better. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 31. <laughs> the Dirty 30. The Dirty 30s. And guess what? It's been a month, but we're finally all back together, guys. Yeah. It's it's been the trifecta. Yeah, it's been a month now and Yeah, apparently uh, one person was disappointed that I wasn't on here. Thank you, one person. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, we're good. No, I, you know, I got one of my buddies who's uh, been listening to the show, and uh, he's like, that Rob guy, I actually like him. I think you guys did a, uh, had made a smart choice having him on. I'm like, Ugh, <laughs> What? I, I don't think I should talk to you anymore. <laughs> yeah, Rob, just be happy we invited you to do this yeah, at all. Yeah, it was, It's not like it was your it was idea. All you guys. Thanks. It's not like it's not like we were your charity case or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like I want to do a podcast. I'm like, what about paranormal stuff? That sounds really cool. I guess I'd like to do that, but I just really don't know how to do it. <laughs> well, I've got a podcast network. Oh, that'd be really great, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Can my friend Preston play Rob. too, please? Can he please? Yeah, Rob, we need you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you serve. <laughs> You're the backbone of this operation, my friend. Yeah, so how's everybody been? It's been a little while since we were on here. I wish I could say I'd been great, but I've had a bout of cold and pink eye. And uh, cold pink eye. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm getting over all that. Um, so, yeah. You, yeah, you lost back. your singing voice there for a minute, too, didn't you? Huh? Yeah, I had some laryngitis issues the one couple of nights. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> now, did the doctor tell you not to, uh, uh, after you scratch your ass, not to touch your eye? Because that's really how you get pink well, eye. Well, other ways you get pink eye is you clean the child care center at your hospital. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Or if a stripper farts in your eyeballs. Mm. Or so I've heard. Or if your dog rubs his asshole on your pillow at night and then you don't realize it, then you can get pink eye <laughs> yeah. that way. That's true, too. <laughs> Preston, how have you been? <laughs> Man, I've been pretty good. Uh, tomorrow, no, not tomorrow, Saturday, you and I are going to do that panel at Wichicon. So I'm excited for that. So I'm excited for us to do our panel at Wichicon. Yeah, so. yeah, this show is going to come out after that. So uh, Everybody's like, oh, Rob's not going to be there. That's going to suck. <laughs> right? We're going to get hazed because you're not there. Uh, well, I, th- I think I've got ringworm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've got two little spots on my shoulder that look like little rings. Hopefully, it's not. My preciouses. Yeah, I'm taking medicine. I'm not contagious, so tell your friends not to worry. They can still give me hugs. Did you guys know that ringworm's not even really a worm? It's just a fungi. 
Yeah, it's it's like athlete's well, foot on the shoulder. Ring worm, and it's not a very fun guy to have. Well, just burn it with bleach. Anyway, wow, this has really gone off topic. As I said before, including but not limited to. That's what we do. Well, I guess if that's all the pleasantries, we can go ahead and jump into the news if that suits everybody. So to start things off, we have all the way from Colorado, Colorado Hunter claims he was sexually assaulted by a Sasquatch. (laughs) Daryl Whitaker from Glenwood Springs in Colorado claims a Sasquatch attacked him and attempted to rape him while he was walking. It was that damn Sasquatch again. (laughs) Again, Uh. right? I told you no, Sasquatch. The 57-year-old man was walking to his hunting cabin on Sunday just to see if it had suffered any damage through the harsh winter they received. All of a sudden, had a, a large... dick hole in it. That was pretty scary. What? It had a large dick hole in it. <laughs> where he'd been, he'd been sexually assaulted the cabin. Uh, all of a sudden, a large gorilla-like creature dropped from a tree in front of him and punched him in the face. <laughs> It was at least eight foot tall, and its punches hurt like hell. I was knocked out, right out, at the first blow. While Mr. Whitaker was trying to recover from the attack, the large humanoid creature began to tear his clothes off while letting out some terrifying howls. When I regained consciousness finally, he said, he already tore off my pants and was tearing through my underwear. I rolled over my back, stabbed him in the shoulder with my hunting knife, and made him run away. Mr. Whitaker immediately reported to the police the attack in Glenwood Springs and the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Agency as well. The joint investigation had been launched. Daryl Whitaker is convinced that the creature who attacked him was the fabled Sasquatch, but the GSPD say it's more like just a giant hairy man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're currently interrogating nearby residents to see if anybody has an individual corresponding description of the suspect. If you possess any information concerning the suspect, please contact Glenwood Springs Police Department or Colorado Parks and Wildlife Agency. (laughs) So there you go, guys. Bigfoot doesn't understand the concept of no. I guess not, man. Well, how do we know it was a hairy man? That's true. Yeah, I'm going to call bullshit. I don't think it's Sasquatch. I think it was just a hairy hairy homeless man (laughs) that uh, just was needing some action. Could have been. It could have been. But you know what? It's 2017, Sasquatch. You do you, and we won't say a word. Well, I yeah. mean, he should just do himself. He shouldn't try to sexually molest people. I we think don't, this is not a rape culture we're trying to cultivate here. This is not American Horror Story Season 9, okay? <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, maybe he was tired of doing himself, and that's when he decided to stop playing Hand Theft Auto and start going for the real deal. Uh, speaking of other uh, humanoids, um, there's been some reports since, like, March, uh, and I haven't really looked into it too much because it sounds like – it sounds kind of – Bull crappy, but uh, I did did kind of look into it today. It seemed kind of interesting. So there's been reports in Chicago now since like the end of March about a flying humanoid um, uh, that looks a lot by descriptions of Mothman. Huh. And uh, so basically, there's been several reports now. And granted, I don't have the the facts to back these up. These are all from internet reports, so who knows if they're true or not? Basically, they all take place around the same area of this park uh, down by the field house in Chicago. Huh. Uh, and the re- people are reporting that uh, they've seen this creature flying across the river at a low altitude, and then when it gets to the bridge, it will fly over the bridge. 
and then land on the other side of the bridge and just kind of skim the water and keep on going. And it, several stories have ended this way. Um, and they they gave a description of red eyes. Uh, one like the the wingspan's about ten feet. Um, and uh, the uh, uh, they said it was just just a a, a man shaped creature like a Batman or something, but it had like it looked. Some people way to describe it looked like a moth. Huh. And it just made me think about Mothman. And it's kind of got me nervous. So uh, I actually did try to go to the man on the street in Chicago, <laughs> Mr. Mark himself. And uh, he said this, he, told, he sent me this. He was like, I said, have you heard about the, the Mothman in, of Chicago? And he's like, nah, man, I ain't seen shit. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh. Uh, no, what he did, he did actually send me something that was pretty funny. He said, uh, he says, nope. He says, and I'd like to keep it that way because I don't want, I don't want him to know it's me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's good but, stuff. But he hasn't heard any of the reports. So granted, I don't know how much he gets out and explores the city, but basically this is downtown Chicago and there's been a couple reports of it now. I've counted like three or four. There's been so, about eight of them. Um, this, really? Yeah, they said the eighth the eighth confirmed sighting has been reported, and they said that as we passed under the Columbus Bridge, uh, the Columbus Drive Bridge, we heard the strange sound, and my daughter looked up and said, hey, look at that. As we all looked up, we saw a large-winged person, in quotes, flying just above the water, and then pulling up and going over the bridge. It looked like a huge owl or even a bat, but completely black, devoid of any color or descriptional features, with the exception of two large eyes that appeared to be glowing red. We're not sure if that was the actual color of its eyes or if it's just, uh, you know, the anti-reflective nature, kind of like an owl or a uh, cat's, that kind of thing, nocturnal creatures. So, huh. Yeah. So, uh, I would be careful in that area because Mothman was supposedly denoted uh, a cataclysm, or not a cataclysm, but a disaster. So, you might want to stay away from bridges. That Maybe oh, that bridge in particular, I don't know if it's... You're right. That was the old tale of Mothman, is he would show up kind of like an omen to uh, yep. disasters. And then after, right. the, after the bridge collapsed, he would disappear. Holy shit, that's actually interesting, man. I wish I would have thought about that. We could have dove more into Mothman, but you're right. Like, I mean, that was that shitty movie. The basis was the... Uh, but that movie's based w- off the bro- off the book, The Mothman. Yeah, Rock sorry, movie. sorry. In that movie, that's what they talked about is the, the big bridge. I don't think that movie was that shitty. Well, it wasn't that great either. It was actually decent. <clears throat> but, yeah. Now, there was that other movie, like The Mothman Returns. That was a shitty movie. <laughs> That sounds like a straight to red box pile of poop. Yeah. <laughs> and and let me know. Let, be, let you, we'll let you know. A, Sean yeah. knows about red box movies, piles of poop. Oh man! <laughs> At least Shayla does. <laughs> I remember one time we were so excited because the new uh, the new Poltergeist movie had come out, and so we went to Red Box, <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, I got it." And I was like, "Well." I, I don't think it hit Redbox yet. And she goes, yeah, check it out. And she shows me the disc, and sure as shit, it says, you know, Poltergeist. And we didn't realize, like, in tiny print, it's like, <laughs> says, The Curse of Poltergeist. <laughs> and we turned it on, like, probably 30 seconds in, and I was like, motherfuck. And I was so mm-hmm. fucking pissed off. Didn't even finish the movie. That, I, that, that asylum movie bullshit where they make, like, transmorphers and all that other crap, man. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Well, you want to jump on into your, your robots? Yeah, so uh, scientists came out and said that within 10 years, we will have uh, robots 
that are in the style like the Westworld robots. So basically, uh, liquid skin uh, robots that will uh, be uh, kind of do things for us, cook, clean us, have sex with us. You know, as all robots should do, they should be subservient. And uh, and you know, it's just kind of weird. He says that that'll be within ten years. I don't see those kind of robots being here within ten years, and I definitely can't afford them in ten years. <laughs> I could start saving now, because you know everybody wants a robot. What? So what do they mean by like liquid skin? Are we talking well, like the T five thousand liquid skin from? Terminator well, no, I mean 2? it's like a liquid based. Like skin that makes it real feel supple and stuff. If you ever watch the oh. TV show, they like have this vat of liquid skin that they dip the robot in, and then it like adheres to the metal, and then they just kind of pull the robot out, and and then it looks. They start painting the human on. Oh, okay, kind of like Chucky. Um, the 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 intro credits to Child's Play three. I guess maybe <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing, but. So, you know, if you're rich in 10 years, you can have sex with a robot while the poor people look on and say, where's my robot for have sex with? And they'll tell you, you get nothing. (laughs) Thanks, Kanye West. Thanks for nothing. Taking all of our robots. Uh, But let me tell you something. When the sex robots hit, every contest that has, hey, you can win your own sex robot, I'm going to be in that contest on Facebook. I'm gonna share. So do they uh, do they talk about like a price point? Do they shoot a possible price? No, point? he's he's talking. Maybe it's probably not even for for people use yet. Probably more like a a commercial robot raping service. I guess I don't know. So but, like uh, we're gonna like pull up to McDonald's and there's gonna be this robot like maybe Hello, maybe Mr. robot Woods. prostitutes. You know, would you have it would your you way? Like a double quarter pounder with cheese, and you're like, yes, robot. Preston, that was god awful. Oh, stop. Well, you know what? While you're waiting for your uh, Westworld sex liquid robots, you're going to have to basically just hide yourself over with the first ever Robo Priest. Did you hear about this shit? Now, look, this is Rob's robots, not Sean's robots. Listen, you just buddy, can't throw your robot story in here on I'm me. just a supporting character. You know, I'm your, yeah. I'm your Watson. You can be Sherlock, I'll be Watson. Uh, yeah. Robo priests aptly named Bless You Too <laughs> is an ugly he looks like he's made out of diamond plating and a collagen water jug for a head. <laughs> uh, well, the, at least he won't be molesting anybody. That, that's true. Not with that oh. not with that face. Um unveiled in Germany to mark the five hundred years since the Reformation took place, this particular robot knows its history. It lives in Wittenberg, and it's the very place where Martin Luther debuted his game-changing schism. But yeah, basically, Germany has made their first... Ever- What'd you say? I've coughed. Oh, I thought, you, I thought you quacked. And farted at the same time. Hey, that's how the dinosaurs went extinct. You be careful. <laughs> we're sorry to report that Rob will no longer be on the show. The two people that were sad that he's not here, he farted and coughed himself to death at the same time. <laughs> But yeah, in Germany, uh, back on topic, there is a robo-priest, <laughs> and he can bless you. He has light-up eyes, light-up hands, and he wears a cape, and he has a teleprompter in his chest cavity um, to basically let you read scripture. So that, I mean, in all seriousness, that brings also, up... Don't a, let don't let robo-priest uh, baptize your child. <laughs> they don't know their own strength. No. No, they'd probably fall in the tub. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jesus will save you. <laughs> be terrible. Not my problem. You, have you guys seen the 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 uh, baby getting baptized with the priest where he dunks in the head and comes back up and dunks his feet in, then dunks his head, then dunks his feet and hands the baby off? And the robot did that and probably drowned the child. Oh, shit. That'd be fucking terrible. I just think what happens, like, all right, guys, the first and last baptism by the robot happened today, and it just shows him, like, lean over and dunk him and fall in and just electrocute the poor bastard. Oh, that'd be terrible. But in, in seriousness, that brings up the question. If we have an artificial intelligence priest robot, can he truly bless you? Is he ordained with the word of God? Or nope. You don't think so? No. Nope. Okay, there you go. There you have it. I think that's about as far as that conversation should go on our show before we offend more people. Well, here, I'll show you the picture of the priest robot. Look at that creepy <laughs> bastard. Ooh. Look up, Rob. Oh, my God. You're a sinner. That, You're a sinner. I wouldn't want to touch that thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's well, the good thing. I mean, thing. I guess they you wouldn't will, want to touch me either. Right. right. I don't know. You will fry in hell. It's now time for Pixelated Paranormal's Tales of an Alternate Reality. Everything is foggy. I can see my hands in front of me, but for now, that is it. Why, why does everything feel so off? As the fog starts to clear, I find myself in front of a quick trip. It, it well, it looks familiar. Is this Derby? Yes, I think so. It feels like home, and it, it feels like a summer evening. The sun is setting, and of that I can be sure, and Yes, there in front of me? That's my brother. He's talking to a man. No, that's that's not quite right. As my head clears, I can tell that they are arguing, and the man, he's threatening violence. I look down, and in my hands is a gas canister. Time is speeding up, and before I realize that I'm around his car, just pouring the gas everywhere. And I, I think to myself, Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Then there's a hiss. Something in the air, metallic in nature. I look up and there it is. It's like a moon, but bigger, brighter. And I realize, shit, it's breaking apart. Screams start from all around. I can see fiery chunks fly across the sky. I pray, please God, let them miss. Let them hit anywhere but here. But I can feel the explosions. I can see a cloud of fire and God knows what else heading towards us. We race back into the building and I think to myself, this is it. This, this is the end. Will I see my kids again? My family? The building is shaking violently, but somehow we survive. I race outside only to find a changed world. Sirens, screams, they are all I hear back inside the news comes on a government man is saying we've known about this object since the 60s but with their calculations they thought it would miss they thought we would be safe it's all going foggy again and before I can collect my thoughts I'm somewhere else and this time as the fog clears there she is she smiles but only for a moment before fear and dread take her 
We move to hold each other, and when she looks up at me, she says, We must hurry. We need to be prepared for the worst, they said. We need to grab supplies from the store and hurry home before it gets worse. The colors around me are so vibrant, yet the sky looks dim. The sun, well, it's smaller than what I remember. It looks so far away, and yet there's another object in the sky, one I've never seen before. It looks like Mars, but no, it, it can't be. God, what is going on? She sees me looking at the sky and says, They said its moon was big enough to move our orbit. We are closer now. I didn't think Mars would fill our sky, but it, it does. It looks so different. The sky darkens again, and there it was, a brilliant blue and purple with its rings. Its rings filled the sky, and then they cut into us like a red-hot knife opening up our atmosphere. In my mind, I scream, why? Why is this happening? We find ourselves locked inside the store now. Snow, or maybe ash, is falling heavily. It is cold. So cold, I am freezing. All I can think about is how cold I am. I can't feel my body anymore. Everything is going dark, and as I slowly rise up, away from my body, see the scene below me, all I think is how I want to see my children. One last time. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. So we we'd been talking about uh, on you know off and on again on the show like you know Sean's melatonin tea recipe and you know, we always joke that you know Sean like has this crack tea that he takes before he goes to bed each night and I'm not a fucking morning person I'm not gonna lie like I hate getting up in the mornings and I'm a night owl too and so I constantly wake up you know four or five times a night and so I thought you know maybe I should you know try Sean's melatonin recipe hell yeah and, you should uh, you know just yeah, and just kind of see what happens and uh, see if I get a better night's sleep. And I've always been a very vivid dreamer to begin with. And, uh, you know, here in a minute, we're going to talk, you know, more about the science of dreams. But uh, about a week in, after taking about 10 milligrams of melatonin each night, uh, my dreams started to get, like, more vivid. I mean... Uh, it's almost like a, watching like an HD TV. Like the colors were brighter. I you know the smells, you know I could smell things, and that's that's when I had that dream that we just played for you. And uh, you know the thing with that dream that stood out to me the most was the fact that I I, I wasn't watching like from a bird's eye point of view. I I wasn't like watching myself ab- above myself. Like I was actually you know I could look down and look at my hands. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times when I dream, it's like I have that bird's eye view and I'm watching myself from up above do things. But this was actually like me acting these things out. And uh, like when the, the moon crashed into the earth, like I could smell that sulfur. I could smell the burning. You know, I could feel the heat of the rocks. And, you know, when I started to say that I was cold, I could actually feel myself get colder and colder like I was freezing to death. And uh, so really that, that dream kind of stood out and stuck with me. Like I just really remember it vividly and into details. So I thought, fuck it. Let's talk about, let's talk about dreams. So do you feel like the melatonin's working then? I mean, is it giving you the ability to, to dream more vividly? Yes. Yes. 
And I've always had, you know, I've always had a really good ability to remember most of my dreams. Uh, but, uh, they're just, uh, it's like a crystal clear vision. So, right. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and you say you're taking 10, 10 mils right now. Yeah. I take 10, uh, 10, 10 milligrams right a night. Right on. I actually backed away from it for quite a while, um, simply because I ran out. The bottle I, I had, it was like a 90-pill bottle, and I ran out of it. And then yeah. they uh, they don't carry that brand anymore, and it was pretty much like an organic, like it was just the melatonin. And then, you know, didn't have 30 other ingredients on the bottle there. So so that got me thinking, so what are dreams? And that's kind of an age-old question. I mean, everybody has asked for, you know, millennia, you know, what are dreams? So the simple answer is dreams are a succession of images, ideas, emotions, sensations that usually occur involuntarily in the mind during certain stages of sleep. So that's a big dub, mm-hmm. moment, right? Mm-hmm. That's like the simple answer. But some would argue that there's more to it than that. So the Freudian theory of dreams is that dreams reveal insight into hidden desires and emotions, and all of them have a sexual undertone. So one could sit there and say, okay, so Sean's dreaming about this or that, and we could pull it apart, and we could, you know, basically, like, Sean, you're kind of fucked up. <laughs> right. So I, I kind of made the joke, like, you know, Sean, uh, tell me, what what are you dreaming about lately? What, what would you say, roosters? Well, Sean, uh, roosters in a dream are really about... Uh, oh, hang on, hang on, back up. Explain to us why you're talking about my roosters. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me finish. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. So, uh, Sean, roosters are really about penis envy or penis curiosity. <laughs> Don't be shy, Sean. It's practically natural to be a curious George about other penises. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so that's the Freudian take. Okay. So basically, I have now, a dream that I'm outside hanging up laundry on a clothesline pole, and then I talk to Freud, and I find out that I've got a wicked Oedipus complex. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you want to have sex with me too. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, Sean. We're not judging. Be like you Bigfoot, have a Daedipus okay? Daedipus. Oh. So, other prominent theories includes uh, those suggesting that dreams are, are basically just our brain assimilating random thoughts throughout the day, so that we can formulate memories. So, it's basically just a tool to help us remember. Um, helps us with problem solving, and they're simply just a product of random brain activity. Now, we could go e- even further, and some would speculate that they are a window into an alternate reality. All right, they some believe that when we dream, we can dream of past lives, and I may have had a couple of those, and uh, we can kind of get to that story later. So, when does dreaming occur? So, dreams mainly occur in the rapid eye movement or REM cycle and resembles brain activity of being awake. And so, that's why when you have those really vivid dreams and you feel like you can smell, you know, blueberry pie and you can feel heat, cold, you can, you know, whatever those sensations are, that's because that that activity of your brain is that similar to, you know, being up, being active. And, uh... When we talk about sleep paralysis in a minute, a lot of people think that that would be the case for sleep paralysis, that the reason why people suffer from sleep paralysis is that you wake during the REM cycle, your 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 brain's like, you know, just let's continue in this fucking dream and doesn't tell your body, hey, asshole, you're awake now. So people are like, oh, shit, I'm awake, but I can't move. And that's why they experience that sleep paralysis. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. That's that's been about the best explanation I've read. That I mean is is 
pretty simple for the layman to understand is just that you're, you're, I guess, what do you say? Your brain woke up faster than your body. Yeah. And that's why you're just kind of paralyzed there. So, I mean, it makes sense, but. And it's, and it's like a natural response because if you have somebody who's a very vivid dreamer and they're having a violent dream where they're strangling somebody or in a fight, if your body, if your brain didn't switch on the chemicals to make your body, you know, paralyzed, then you would move around and, you know, you could possibly hurt somebody in your sleep. And so it's kind of like a, a evolutionary, you know, thing to your brain that it produces paralysis in your body while you're right. And that prevents you from flailing and rolling over and falling off the bed or acting out the dreams and stabbing somebody in the neck with a right lamp post or something like that. So, um, yeah, so that's interesting. I had a listener reach out to me and share, um, her paralysis story or a couple of them actually. Um, so I'll go ahead and talk about those real quick. That, that fits in really well. So, um, this is from a listener named Haley and Haley says that, um, to the story real quick, sorry. This isn't the first time this has happened. There have been at least three other times that stand out to me, but this one was just especially terrifying to me. This makes actually twice in the last couple months that I've experienced this. At some point late in the night, last night, or early in the morning, I woke up to my husband getting out of bed. I knew I was awake, and I knew that he got out of bed. And as I lay there, I realized... The feeling of the mattress shifting and the blankets moving were not of somebody getting out of bed, but rather then somebody getting into bed. I could hear the sound and feel the sheets moving as somebody crept into bed behind me. It was very similar to him laying down, but I knew he got out of bed. It took me just a second to register in my brain what exactly was going on. Then I thought, oh no, because I knew it was about to happen. And then I closed my eyes hard and I felt the whole wave of paralysis sweep over my body. Behind my eyelids, it seemed like everything was so bright outside. I had one arm out in front of me, and I was trying to shake it just to wake myself up and get out of this paralysis. Then I heard a woman's voice say, See? She's listening. She's trying to wake up. And then I used all my strength that I could to try to scream for my husband, until his name finally went from gurgles to an actual audible noise. His name came out of my mouth. I've never been so terrified. I've never heard the voice before, but I guess I don't normally shut my eyes either. So that to me is pretty interesting that I've, I've never heard voices whenever I've experienced that terrifying crap. Have you guys ever heard voices? Hold on. That, that sounds like an alien abduction. That doesn't sound like sleep paralysis. Those sound like a lot of the classic stories of, that I've heard recently about Alien abductions, so husband's getting out of bed, feeling somebody getting your, uh, getting the bed with you, seeing bright light around you, like mm-hmm. trying to figure out where this light's coming from. That almost sounds like an alien abduction story to me. See, and and that's something that kind of crossed my mind too. Is you know, like we just discussed, you don't typically hear voices that often. I mean, I've I've seen physical beings that are blurry or almost built out of like, right. you know, dirty snow or, or static from a TV. But um, no, I would say like uh, I, I know when you talked about being in the in the the float tank, like you know, you heard a voice, and I remember hearing a voice right. in the the float tank, but. That I think that like when you when you're meditating, you're kind of in an altered state of mm-hmm, consciousness. Mm-hmm. So I think things like that can happen in that. But yeah, just as far as being in paralysis, I, I've never once like heard a voice. Um, you know, I felt pressure on my chest. I've seen you know different sized shadow beings, um, those fucking scuddlers going across right. the wall. Um, 
but yeah, I've never heard her voice. Yeah, so. and I mean, and when when you're in that state, trying to speak is probably one of the worst things because you know what you want to say, and you're trying to scream, and all that comes out is just you know like a <laughs> right, <laughs> a really shitty Wookie impression of just gurgling and grunting and and you know dry crackling. So, um, but yeah, to me, the the talking woman is probably the scariest part um, because it sounds like it's yeah. sentient. You know, she's laying there with her eyes closed, trying to move her hand just to shake herself because they say. Hey, if you can move just one finger even, then that will slowly allow you to, you know, wake up the rest of your body. So she's got that hand probably just ever so slightly twitching. And whatever sentient being could have been out in front of her just, you know, happens to notice that. And then it almost seems like they're they're tickled by it or they're almost, you know, kind of like uh, uh, toying with her at that moment. So, well. The, the very beginning of that story reminded me of the story that was on Mysterious Universe about the uh, the woman in the military. She had the exact same thing start out. In fact, I thought somebody had maybe copied that story. Right. And I was like, oh, I've heard this before. And I was like, oh, okay, it changed a little bit. But that beginning sounds almost exactly like that story. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. So um, she follows that story up after we kind of chat back and forth a little bit. And she says, recently, I can't remember exactly when it was. But I had one, meaning an an experience, where I woke up but couldn't move, you know, just like paralysis. I looked over and I could see a staticky figure of a woman messing with something over by my TV. I tried to yell, hey, to my husband so that he would wake up and see her. But of course, nothing but choking sounds escaped my voice. She then heard me kind of, you know, gargling and, and whispering. And she then walked out of the room. As soon as she left the room, my husband woke up and then leaned over and started to shake me to try to wake me up as well. So, um, again, it's another <laughs> female entity per se in her room. And, uh, that's kind of the scary thing too, because they say if you if you experience this paralysis, you could have your your loved one, your partner next to you, and they don't they're none the wiser to what exactly is going on. So certain people could be more sensitive to this kind of thing versus their spouse. So um, if they're if they're interdimensional, sometimes people say they're walking through kind of um, the limbo or the veil, and people who are sensitive to that kind of phenomenon are, are seeing through you know the from our dimension into theirs and vice versa. So maybe maybe the fact that they realize that she can see them yeah, maybe they're catching on slowly and realizing it cuz it sounds like the the second instance i told you may have happened beforehand and she didn't really say but i mean that's even more scary to me if if the being happens to walk in the room and then catches on her trying to wake up her husband and then it kind of you know trots off and then the second time it happens whenever the husband leaves the room and then it actually speaks out and it sounds more like they're toying with her at that point but yeah, that's that's pretty much it about the paralysis. We kind of banter back and forth a little bit here and there. And she just said, uh, okay, yeah, sorry, there is a follow-up to that. Sorry. Um, the voice of the woman I heard last night sounded very intelligent, if that makes any sense. My fears now are, what if next time they don't let me come back? And then she says, I'm going to sleep with the TV on for the rest of my life because I've never had it happen with the TV on. And then my reply, not thinking about what you mentioned, Rob, is I just said, hmm, I don't imagine that you'd be stuck forever. I don't think that we are taken anywhere, but instead they just paralyze us whilst they're in our dimension, per se, if that's really the case of what's going on. So, I don't know. That's kind of weird, too, man. You added a whole other level to that that I didn't even think about. The, you know, the potential for that phenomenon mixed in there as well. So that's what it sounds like more to me. What was that? Uh, was it the, is it insidious? 
was that movie where the kid was uh, had the out of body experience? He was able to astral project when he when he slept at night, and then he got lost because he went too far. And then, like all these uh, dead souls and demons were trying to fight for his body. So maybe what she's doing is astral projecting, and that's why she can't move, and that's why she's hearing these bodies. And that that intelligent woman's like, "Man, <laughs> fuck! I'm going to take this bitch's body." And then, boom! There you go. And oh, they're already 3. making a fourth one of those terrible movies. That whole synopsis is based off of a Ugh. Twilight Zone episode, but anyway, <laughs> let's get back on the rails. So, yeah, uh, Haley, thank you very much for sharing that with us. That's a. Uh, I didn't. Th- I thought she wanted to remain. Oh, she did. I changed her name. I just like to give the the story oh, okay. a name. <laughs> That's not even close to her real name. Thanks, Rob. You Thanks, blew it anonymous. for everyone. God. Way to go, Rob. Way to go. But I think no, it's so... Heidi the first time. Is her name actually Heidi? No. Okay. If we get back on the topic of dreams and when they occur, so we, we know that the majority of them happen during their REM stage of sleep, but dreams can uh, tend uh, to happen in other cycles of sleep, but when they do, they tend to be much less vivid or memorable. The, uh, the length of a dream can vary. They can last for a few seconds or up to 20 to 30 minutes. Even though sometimes it feels like some of those dreams last mm-hmm. like, you know, two days for me or like, you know, 10 hours. I'm like, holy shit. I right. I've had dreams where it's hours. lasted for, but, uh, I mean, a whole week long. Did I ever tell you guys the story about how Ryan Reynolds and I became best friends? No. <sighs> yeah. Long story short, I had a dream. I, run, I won a radio contest and it was called like best friends for a day. And Ryan Reynolds would come to your town and hang out with you and your friends for a day. And so in this dream, I win the radio contest. He comes to El Dorado and he's just like, holy shit, today was the best day ever. Like we rode in a limo, we drank, we went to the lake, rode jet skis. He's like, I'm going to move here and I just want to hang out with you guys all the time. So like there's this montage of us just hanging out every day for days and days and days. And then I woke up in real life and I was like, oh, man. Shit, I gotta get up. Holy shit, I'm off today. This is incredible. I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna have breakfast. I'm gonna call up Ryan. We're gonna go to the lake, go jet skiing, ride in the limo, and then holy shit, that was just a dream. Motherfuck. I was so excited. Sean's like, I'll never get that that week of my life back ever. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it, it felt like a good three, four days, man, at least that I'm just kicking it with Ryan Reynolds. Right. And Ryan Reynolds was like, you're the greatest guy ever. Wasn't Ryan Reynolds a dick to you at first? No, huh? No, we were, we were totally cool. He acted, I mean, in the dream, he acted like I think, he's kind of like in just shitsville. But. I think it was Donald Trump that treated Sean like a dick at first because Sean was... Yeah, on. Donald Trump's the one that... The dream about Donald Trump I had was, um, shit, I'll tell that one too. Why not, guys? No one's got anywhere to be. I had a dream that uh, Donald Trump, when he was running for president... Um, called me to interview me to be his personal graphic designer. Oh, I remember this one now. And uh, <laughs> he he calls me up and he interviews me and he's like, "You're the guy for the job." Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. He's like, "I need you. I need you. You're the guy. You're the one for me. What do I got to do to make this go through? Like, tell me. What do I have to do?" And I said something about like just how I think he's a pompous idiot and all his ideas are terrible and he's a joke and I'm just putting him down. 
and he looks broken like he's about to cry and he's like come on like just tell me what i gotta do i can change i can totally change i've got ideas they're great ideas they're the best ideas ever what do i gotta do and i was like well first of all you know you gotta change your stance on this this and this and basically just change your whole way of life and he's like okay i'll do it i'll do it for you because you're the guy i need you with with your help i know i can win and i'm like "Ah, all right he goes okay great so here's my first idea I'm going to rename Old Town Thong City. (laughs) And the only way you can get into Old Town or Thong City is you have to wear a thong. It's a great idea. I told you. They're the best ideas ever. And I stand up and, like, I throw my book across the table at him. I'm like, this is the bullshit I'm talking about, Donnie. And I walked out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) It's the fucking best. (laughs) Yeah, good stuff. All right, go on, Preston. (laughs) So the average uh, person has uh, three to five dreams per night, and some have up to seven. And most people, they will, you know, the minute they wake up, they forget about everything that they have dreamt. Right. You know, the, the the dreams are so insignificant that they just, they don't even realize they have dreamt. But, you know, like, that's not really the case for me. I really feel like if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say I really remember about 90% of my dreams. And uh, so I don't think I fall into the normal category of if I wake up and I just forget about it. Right. And so before we tell our other listeners' story, so my past life dream that I had one time, and I was probably 9 or nine or 10 at the time, mm-hmm. I, I remember like all of a sudden I was – Building the Great Wall of China. It was that weird third eye point of view, that bird's eye point of view. Uh-huh. And I'm just watching this this guy just just you know chip away at this wall, you know, building this wall. And I'm like, shit, that's me. And uh, there was a bunch of commotion going on, and uh, uh, a bunch of soldiers, you know, from somewhere else, like uh, you know, you know, Mongolia or whatever, like you know, Attila the Hun or Genghis Khan, like these invaders. Coming in, I'm like, oh fuck, I'm gonna have to fight. I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just, I'm supposed to be building this wall. I'm not supposed to be, you know, chopping people with spears and all this bullshit. Sounds like you were on the wrong side of the wall. Yeah, and uh, so you're probably building it from the other uh, side. We're in the that so way. we're in the middle of this battle, and this big motherfucker. I'm talking like domineering. This this big giant motherfucker in this domineering armor, like just scared the shit out of me. He's got like this giant spear in his hand and he's like screaming and I'm just like, oh fuck, I have to fight. And before I know it, I can feel him ram it into my stomach and like basically, you know, spear me and like just kind of throws it up in the air and I can feel my body like slowly start to slide down. And I'm in like all, I mean, just immense amount of pain. And I'm just thinking like, oh fuck, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And then he just kind of throws the spear you know, like into the ground, and my body's just dangling there, and he walks off. And uh, eventually somebody comes and pulls my dead body off, and I'm just kind of floating above it. And like my wife and child are crying over my body. And then I just feel myself get really, really cold, and I'm floating above. And I'm like, it's okay. I'll get another chance again. And then when I woke up, where I got stabbed in that dream was like just throbbing in pain when I woke huh. up. So... And that dream was like so powerful. I mean, it's really it stuck with me. It's the one thing that I've always remembered, and you know that happened like when I was like nine or ten. So, oh wow, holy shit, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Huh. Come on, Rob. It's share time. What's yours? <laughs> I don't really have that many like important dreams that I that I can even recall. Uh, 
I'm trying to think now. Um, I remember when I was pretty young, I remember being in the in my mom and mom and dad's bedroom laying on their bed and I just remember like looking over the to the window we had to the left of the bed and there was this little girl just staring in the window. And the dream kind of took on like a cartoonish tone at that point. Like the little girl kept saying something like, uh, I'm your sister, let me in. Ugh. And she had like these she had these like dark, like evil looking eyes. Black eyes. And I just remember she just she just kinda no, she didn't have black eyes. She had just eyes, just looked evil. But she Vampire. She was eyes. just staring at the window and like she wouldn't like stop. She would just keep she was staring at me and it just and I just remembered like it turned like 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 I said the dream took like a cartoonish turn where it was almost like you ever seen those uh, cartoons like when Sylvester the cat or something will get the the beady eyes like he's been awake all this time mm-hmm. and like the this it was like a, I was seeing myself in third person where I was laying on the bed in all these weird poses like with that expression on my face like the the tired expression and I was like I was like trying to like try to sleep while this girl was I couldn't get to sleep because this girl was looking in the window huh. and I was like laying there with like you know my head. Like on the like my head on the floor and my legs on the top of the bed or my back turned to the window mm-hmm. or you know just trying to lay on my stomach and not look at her. But every every time I seen my face, I had those really weird like cartoonish eyes, and it was just fucking creepy. What the fuck? And I was like I was like three or four when I had that dream, and it's I'm like forty now, so you know yeah, just stuck with you for a minute, huh? And in the background, I could hear a. Tick-tock, 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 tick, like a, t- like a clock, like grandfather clock. Ooh. And, like, I would keep changing poses, but the, she would still be staring through the window. Okay, so the next thing, after I looked up all this bullshit about dreams, I decided, like, I'm going to go to dreambible.org, and I'm going to just, you know, have you guys send me five random things, you know, whether they were... John, or Rob uh, jumped the gun because I was trying to text, you know, just five random things, like your first five random thoughts or just something you've dreamed of. And then he had already sent me his. So Rob's list included dice, bananas, shit guns, death, and ATMs. Okay, so shit. None of these I had dreams about, by the way, just to point this out. Whatever. No, no, no. Let's, I'm so this thinking, is kind of dumb to even I'm read. I'm thinking old Rob had a Freudian slip here. So first of all, Let's talk about an ATM machine. <coughs> if one were to dream of an ATM machine not working, that may reflect feeling that something in your life that was easily accessible ain't no longer easy to get, like sex robots. Oh. Okay? If one were to dream of a banana, the banana often represents repressed sexual urges and desires. For example, a man dreamed of throwing a rotten banana into an aquarium. In waking life, he was noticing himself losing sexual attraction for a woman he liked. Or in Rob's case, a robot. Now, I couldn't find anything on... Yeah, I couldn't find anything on shit guns. And when I did look it up on dice, dice were kind of lame. So, that's it for Rob's. Okay. Now, moving on to Sean. Sean's list included skateboards, a horse head, 
spaceships, Chucky's dad, and a rooster, which we already brought up earlier. So we know that anytime Sean's dreaming about roosters, he's actually got <laughs> penis envy or penis curiosity. It's so good. <laughs> so Chucky's dad, I couldn't find anything on that. So I'm up in the air. I, okay. You know, Freud. Freud can't help us on this, okay? So we Thank gotta God. get rid of Chucky's Chucky dad. didn't exist yet. So now, you know. spaceships symbolize a creative mind. Sean, if one were to dream about spaceships, that is a sign of creative ideas taking off. They're taking flight in your life. You're a creative motherfucker. And if one dreams this of a spaceship... This is the shit I'm talking about, Donnie. <laughs> this is the yeah, shit I'm Donnie. talking about, Donnie. And if, if a spaceship were to crash in your dream... Sean, that's a representation that your ideas are not being well received and they're falling to shit. So come up with new ideas. Okay. Okay. Now, horses' heads, that's a little bit tricky. So I had to look up decapitation and then I had to look up horses and then I had to combine the two together. Okay. Right. Because I've I've looked that up before, actually. Yeah, you're right. So decapitation in a dream symbolizes cutting your ties with someone or something. And God, what did that horse do to you, Sean? Tell us. <laughs> Let's hold on a second, okay? Now, a horse itself, you know, there's some positive things about horses. You know, horses, it's about taking charge and fast-paced. So, sometimes a horse is more negative. So the negative aspect of having a horse in your dream is that you're taking too many risks with your ambitions. So if I put those two together, Sean, I'm thinking in a Freudian mo- moment that it could mean that you have a risk in your life that you need to cut. Just decapitate that bitch. Get rid of it, okay? Don't, mm. don't take that risk no more. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I found this on Dream Bible as an example, so I have to tell it. So an example of a horse in a dream, a man once dreamt of seeing a porn star sitting on top of a black horse. In uh, his waking life, he, had he was the having a problem with watching too much pornography. Hmm. I'm so, a damn. There, there you go. Was there a rooster in his dream, too, from all that porn? <laughs> and skateboards, I'll throw out the skateboards are also a sign of creativity and, you know, uh, new age ideas moving forward. So it's kind of like a, the his, hipster aspect of creativity. Hmm. Gotcha. Abstract thinking. Sounds like all of Sean's drawings. <laughs> so, okay, so I, I kind of I plugged those things because I'm lazy and don't want to look them up myself. Um, three of those five things I actually used to have dreams about when I was little. Um, and the first one was like a reoccurring dream. And to me, like those are always the, the fucking worst. Um, my reoccurring dream wasn't being naked in the classroom or being late for study hall or missing a test or anything important like that. Mine were tornadoes and my teeth falling out and cars driving away without me. (laughs) (laughs) What's that say? Sometimes two or three of them together. If you ask Freud, you have penis envy yeah. <laughs> and would like to fornicate with a relative. <laughs> so, okay, the the first, the earliest reoccurring dream I can remember. Um, let me give you some backstory real quick, guys. When I lived in Texas, I moved up to Kansas when I was like four. And in order to save money and because my dad wanted to convert it into a camper, my dad packed most of our stuff into a school bus. Dad bought a school bus. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And so we drove from Texas to Kansas with most of our belongings in the back of a school bus. So we used to have a school bus parked outside the back of my house in El Dorado. And we were known as the house with the school bus. So as early as grade school, I would have this reoccurring dream 
that I would be outside. And when I'm in El Dorado, in all my dreams, El Dorado is the same town, but it's not like real life El Dorado. But every time I dream about it, it's always the same exact town. And at night, the sky is like a really, really dark, dark, dark navy blue with like stark white, like neon white clouds. It's the weirdest shit. Like when you're getting to the end levels of Mario 3, that's kind of like that shit. So in this dream, I'm being chased by a giant rooster. And it's chasing me like through my yard and through town. And this rooster's like two stories tall and bright, like blood red fur, uh, fur feathers and bright yellow, like flaming eyes. And in the dream, it always does the same thing. He chases me all around and he's pecking at me and I can feel the beak, you know, hitting the back of my head, but not like cutting me. And I jump inside the school bus, slam the door shut. And then the rooster would always shove its eyeball right against the glass. And the eyes were like, bigger than a basketball and it would just be sitting there staring at me like fucking the eye of Sauron from uh, Lord of the Rings and then I wake up or my sister <laughs> my sister yeah <laughs> and the rooster said let me in yeah Sauron's and sister yeah and I, I would have that dream over and over and it never differed it never changed no matter what I did in the dream I always ended up in the school bus with this with this uh, rooster just staring at me with one giant eyeball pressed up against the glass rocking the damn thing back and forth so mm-hmm. um i used to have another reoccurring dream that uh, again in el dorado um three blocks down from my house there was another house where my friend jared lived in my dream and jared was a real dude anyway but um i had a dream i'd ride my bike to his house blue skies it's great um we'd go inside play for a little while and then all of a sudden you'd hear like a rumbling you'd look outside and like buildings are falling over and these giant like 1940s sci-fi cult classic ufo dome ships were like flying nearby and like crashing into the side of houses and then the dream would last for what seemed like hours and finally i'd open up the front door there'd be a bright flash of light and then i'd wake up didn't you uh, tell me you always had this uh, recurring dream that you were like in el dorado but like the town was like abandoned like you could never find anybody and then, like, one time this fox just showed up and was like, I'm going to show you what El Dorado really is. And Well, okay, like, you're kind of right. So, like I said before, El Dorado is always the same town, but it's different. And I know in real life El Dorado, the refinery is the south part of town. And in Dream El Dorado, the refinery is at the north side of town on the opposite end. But if I go to the south where they're... Yeah, where I'd go to the refinery if it was in real, like real El Dorado, there'd be a forest with a couple of trees that have been freshly cut down, and there's a fox wearing like a marching band costume from like the 1700s, and the fox would be like, "Okay, you know, you've you found me," because I can't always find the fox in every dream. It's really weird. So you're right, I couldn't find the fox. I could never find the fox. If I can find the fox in El Dorado, wherever he's hiding, and it's usually always in, you know the refinery forest, um, he'll teach me how to fly. I have to do a backflip three times and then I can fly and then he'll show me around El Dorado, like to give me a better idea of like, I don't know, dreams to come or, you know, what's going on. But every time I find him, I see a little bit more of the map, so to speak. And then later on in, 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 that's a weird dream. Yeah. And then when dreams happen and I'm back in El Dorado in the dream world, I'll go to some new places I've never been to before, but I'll always end up usually back at the same places. And there's like, um, in the apartments that we used to live in when we first got married, there's like an old, like, it's, it's really super weird. Like there's a, there's an apartment complex, but the apartment I live in is almost like a wood cabin, like a two story wood cabin apartment. But there's always these little black bugs everywhere, like little like water beetles everywhere. Um, and then if I go down the hallway, there's like a really nice like mansion, like a three story apartment. 
And then there's one that I can only stay in for a few seconds every time I have the dream. And there's like neon. It's like straight out of the 80s, like an 80s nightclub. There's like triangles and zigzags everywhere. And like the, the neon lights are so bright. Everything's blue and pink and, and neon green. It's so weird. So, yeah. And then uh, Chucky's dad. So you, you'll have the dream of this fox a lot of times. You'll see the you'll find the fox. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been probably... In literal time, five years since I've actually found the fox, but I have the dream about El Dorado all the time. Have you ever been able to fly without finding the fox? Nope, I have to find the fox in order to be able to fly. Even though you know that you're supposed to do the backflip? Uh-huh. Like, I have to find him, and then if he and I do the flips together, then I can fly. So is I would have to I have to ask. So the fact that you have this reoccurring dream is that mm-hmm. like a trigger for you to know that you're actually dreaming? Like that's when you become lucid. Because I yeah. have a similar I have a similar dream where I'm always back in high school, and it's like I'm I'm like walking down the same hallways, and then like for me that's my trigger. I'm like holy shit, I'm dreaming because I'm no longer in high school, and that's when like I can you know do whatever the fuck I want, and you know become lucid and have fun. Yeah, um, it's it's said that in lucidity, in dreams, that if you're able to do a backflip in your dream, um, if you, okay, so if you're in a dream and you realize, oh shit, I'm dreaming, you're not supposed to pinch yourself, you're supposed to try to do a backflip. And if you can do a backflip, then you'll become lucid and you can stay in the dream a lot longer, and you're supposed to be able to do whatever you want, see whatever you want, go wherever you want, but it's only controlled by a backflip. So um, besides like just random bouts of insomnia that's the whole reason why i wanted to try melatonin was right. because melatonin is supposed to yeah it's supposed to allow you to be able to become lucid and we should probably disclaim real quick we're not um trying to push people to try melatonin we're not a bunch of like you know self-medicating melatonin poppers yeah we're not we're not melatonin poppers by any means but yeah um i started taking it to become lucid and dreaming as well as cure the insomnia but um yeah, it's it's pretty interesting, man. It's it's an interesting supplement to. Uh, <laughs> Is that your fox? Robbie kind of looks like that. Holy shit! Pull it back a little bit. Oh, it'll go. My camera's shit. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but you know what? He's so Rob. Rob right now is showing me a picture of a fox on his phone on his camera. Yeah, he looks like that, but he's a he's a real like he's shaped like a real fox. Like he's not like heart cartoony. It's like a. Regular, you know, normally shaped it's like anatomical Rocket fox. Raccoon put on a uh, Sergeant Pepper costume. Yeah, yeah, he's a little bit thinner, of course, because you know anatomically they have thinner faces. But no, I'm just being persnickety. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's super weird. I know. Uh, yeah. uh, the one of the times I became lucid in my dream, I was like, "Holy shit, I'm lucid! What do I want to do?" And I remember, like, you know, people were saying that, like, when you become lucid, you can imagine a door. And then when you open that door, it can, you know, it, the, the door can open up to whatever you want it to open to. So I was like, okay, I'm going to imagine a door and this door popped up in front of me. And I'm like, okay, when I open this door, it's going to show me my most recent past life. And then so I opened up the door and there was another door. And I was like, okay, let's try this again. When I open this door, I'm going to see my most recent past life. And I opened up the door and there's another door. I'm like, just okay, let's try this again. I kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And Maybe it, you were a door. And then so like all of a sudden, like I get to I get to like the last time. I'm like really pissed, and I'm like, okay. And then I opened up the door, and it was just like a black void. And then I woke up, and I was like, fuck. Huh. 
That's fucking. That'd be funny if you open it up. There's a guy with a spear. He stabs you in the stomach. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you open a door. You're like, there's a wall, and you turn around. And you just get fucking ran through. So, 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 <laughs> listeners, what did we learn? We learned that Rob had a creepy sister. Sean has a weird friendship with the fox, and apparently, I was on the wrong side of a Donald Trump wall. Well, I, and I, apparently, this fox that I found a picture of is like giving Sean the shivers or something. Yeah, it's dressed kind of like that. But hey, I never told you about the third item that I talked to you about. What's that? Well, we talked about, what was it? Skateboards, horse heads, flying saucers. Chucky's dad and roosters. Chucky's well, we dad and roosters. spaceships. You didn't tell me anything about spaceships. Yeah, I did. I said I went to my friend Jared's house down the street and there was a UFO invasion. Well, what about the horse heads? No, I didn't say it was horse heads, buddy. The other reoccurring dream I used to have was um, when I was going to grade school, Chucky was in my class. Yeah, and we'd get into an altercation. He'd try to stab me whenever it was just me and him in the classroom because everybody else was at recess. I would beat the shit out of him, send him to detention. Well, I mean, he was four years old. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I would I would send Chucky to the detention office, and then um, oh gee, Angelica, I don't really want to go to the principal's office. <laughs> you thinking about Rugrats? And I, oh, and I this is not the same Chucky. No, it's fucking Child's Play Chucky. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine Sean like Scary Terry. You're going to detention, bitch. Yeah, it, it's funny because it does get kind of Freddy Kruegery. Um, and then when I try to leave school after putting fucking Child's Play Chucky in detention without getting murdered, I'm walking through the school, and then all of a sudden I end up like in the boiler room, <laughs> and it's like super Freddy Krueger esque. And then bitch. I hear like an elevator going down, and then I, I get to the elevator. And then the door opens, and it's Chucky, and then Chucky's dad, who is like a creepy like businessman doll. And then he'd always be like, did you kick my son's butt? And I'd be like, yeah. And then i wake up. But yeah, I'd, I'd have that dream like at least once a week when I was in grade school. <laughs> and I tell you what, right. Chucky's dad's fucking terrifying. I always yeah, have a recurring dream of Stephen King's It, and like... I don't know. I'm not sure I want to go see that new Stephen King's It movie because then I don't want to have the that creepy clown that they revisioned in my dreams now. Yeah, looks like it's going to be a pretty good movie. So I threw in horse heads because it's going to relate to this story a little bit. Um, so I just wanted to see what horse heads, if you found anything else I didn't know already because I used to research horse heads too in dreams because I used to see horses uh, in dreams. Not see horses, but I would saw horses. But I didn't see saw horses. I didn't saw horses. I would visualize horses. Now I sound like Mark. We got it. Move on. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've I've been sitting on this listener story since like February, trying to find the right place to kind of interject it. And I'm, I was pretty happy that you decided to talk about dreams because I could blow the dust off of this puppy. So Ooh, you're um, welcome. Yeah. Thanks, bud. Um, we got we got permission to go ahead and say the listener's name. His name's Andrew. Um, no last name will be given. So Andrew sent me this story. And it pretty much goes like this. And, and stick with us, guys. It's a, it's a long one, but it's going to be pretty good. So he says, this goes back as far as I can remember, although the implications didn't come to me until much later in life. As a child, I was what you would call easily scared. My family knew not to expose me to horror movies or let me watch horror movies, knowing that I would catch a glimpse of Pumpkinhead or some other nightmarish creature, and the next few nights would be filled with me either not wanting to turn off the lights in my room or having vivid nightmares once I finally could fall asleep. One dream in particular upset me deeper than any others, and how real it felt 
and it being the earliest memory of feeling as though the safety of my house was compromised. Looking back, now I see this perhaps as my first, quote, visit. In the dream, I had woken up in my bedroom and needed to use the restroom. I didn't turn the lights on, I just made my way through the room by memory. While relieving myself in the bathroom, I happened to look out the side through the window to my left, which was by the shower, overlooking the driveway of my neighbor's house. Through the window, I saw, to my complete horror, the face of a horse staring in the window right back at me. It was odd, though. This is the only horse-like feature the intruder possessed. His shoulders were broad, but clearly humanoid, as I assume the rest of him was, too. The only other thing that struck me as odd is how tall he would have had to have been in order to peer through my window, which had always seemed like a safe place for me to be at before, since it was unusually high up off the ground. I got up quickly, and I ran out of my bedroom back into I ran out of my bathroom back into my bedroom in the dark. But once I was in my room, I realized I couldn't find my bed. I reached around in the dark but couldn't feel anything. Already terrified, I was then overwhelmed with the sense of vertigo and could not figure out which way I was facing. I slowly made my way forward, arms extended, body hunched over, waving my arms back and forth in any effort to reground myself before finding something familiar. I finally found a wall and made my way along it, trying to find a light switch or something familiar, but there was nothing. At this point, I had started calling out for my parents, who came running into my bedroom and flicked on the light which flooded the area behind me, but me still in the dark. I turned around towards the light and realized as they came into the frame of the door, I had somehow managed to find my way back into my closet and had been pushing up against the wall in the very back. This terrified me because I had always been completely terrified of that closet because it had an access door to the unused attic via a small square hole in the ceiling. At this point, I become even more terrified because I'm no longer dreaming. So, Andy was awake. Somehow, in the dream of going to the bathroom, the potential dream, seeing the horse head, Andy actually woke up in his closet. He has no idea how he got there. He has no idea what put him there or if the entire thing was really just a dream or it really happened. What seemed to be strange to me, however, is the board that covered the attic crawl space had been scooted over due to something or someone being in the attic recently. So... My parents assured me that it must have been my overactive imagination and asked me if my aunt maybe had showed me a scary movie when I stayed the night with her a couple nights ago with my cousins. I promised them I hadn't and I went back to sleep. But from then on, I never felt comfortable using the bathroom and I was always paranoid if I'd look over, I'd see the face of that horse looking at me. Years went by and I gradually became less frightened and more skeptical. But deep down, the unknown and surreal terrified me. My dreams had not always been vivid and I always felt like there was something more to them. I had the typical nightmares from time to time, but for the most part they had stopped troubling me as much. The horseman faded from my memory, and just as I started dreaming about more normal things, it seemed like all at once it was over. But at the same time, that was when he began to make another appearance. This time like the last, it felt unbelievably real. In the dream, I'm eating dinner with my family, like one does. I even remember we were having me and my brother's favorite meal, spaghetti. My dad's talking about work just like normal, and my brother and I are slurping up noodles getting sauce all over our faces. That's when I suddenly look over casually, past my father, and out the window past his shoulder. Through the window, the face of the horse was looking back at us. Nobody else seems to notice it. And when I try to get them to look through the window, I wake up. 
Of course, that evening at dinner, I make a huge stink about trading places with my brother just so my line of sight isn't up at the window. After supper that night, I go back to bed and almost immediately fall back asleep. And yet again, another frighteningly realistic dream in which I wake up in my bedroom and I need to go to the restroom. As I'm making my way down to the restroom, I hear a noise from the living room. I decide to hold off going to the restroom and figure out what exactly this noise is and where it's coming from. Once I made my way in the dark into the living room, I realize it's coming from across the living room near the entrance of the kitchen. It's the sound of footsteps slowly becoming louder and louder. It occurs to me that what I'm hearing is someone making their way up the stairs from the basement, which leads to the kitchen. I immediately turn around and run to my parents' room. Right when I get to the door, I wake up. I'm back in my bedroom, laying in my bed. I assume that reaching my parents' doorway in my dream was what had awoken me. So I get up, still having to pee, but now also wanting to hide under the covers in my parents' bed afterwards. I make my way towards the bathroom, but once again, I hear the sound of footsteps coming from the direction of the living room. And I now know it's the same thing it had been before, coming up the stairs from the basement yet again. This time I make my way closer to the kitchen, but turn around and again run back to my parents' room as the footsteps get louder and begin to chase me. Just like last time, once I reach the door, I wake up in bed. I get up, I look around, it's totally dark, and I'm wondering if I'm still dreaming. I jump as I hear the footsteps again. I make my way back to the living room, but this time I hide under my dad's huge lazy boy recliner. The footsteps get louder and louder. After a while, I notice the faint sound of heavy breathing. Again, I get too scared, and at this point I run back to my parents' bedroom. But this time the hallway to the bedroom seems much longer than normal. And it feels like I'll never reach the doorway. Finally, I do. The process repeats again, and it goes on over and over. Each time I wake up, I go to the living room, I hear the footsteps, I run, I get to my parents' room, the hallway gets longer and longer, the dream keeps going over and over. It never catches me. I eventually wake up for real the next morning, feeling like I had never slept at all. After this, I feel like I regress quite a bit, wanting to sleep now with the closet light on, basically no longer feeling safe in my own home. Unfortunately, this is back in the late 80s, early 90s, so I don't even think to research it. We don't have the internet back then. Research is pretty limited. And basically, I just went on with my life. It was not only until later in my life, maybe my late teens, maybe, that I had happened to stumble upon similar stories of horsemen coming up after people in their dreams, and finally, I start getting answers as to what the strange creature seemed to be and why he's haunting my dreams. What do you think? What was it? Yeah, what the fuck was it? Range for Harry? <laughs> no shit, Range for Harry. Okay, so, what Andrew thinks it is, number one is what they call a tikbalang. And the tikbalang basically is this, um, I guess you'd say a cryptid or a mythological creature. The tikbalang is a humanoid bony structure of a man with a horse's head. But what's strange about this creature, number one, um, it can be seen wearing suits, it can be seen wearing clothing, but typically it's got a very pale bony body covered in short fur, a disfigured horse's head in some cases, and covered down his back by a very spiny, uh, almost spiky horse's mane going down. How do you spell Tikbalang? T-I-K-B-A-L-A-N-G. Okay. Um, it's got really disproportionately long limbs to the point that it's said that when it sits down, 
um, its knees will go above its head if it were to squat. And the creature is in a lot of different um, mythoses, I guess you'd say. It's part of the Filipino belief system as well. And all across different cultures, this creature is basically kind of a trickster spirit. Um, in a lot of more modern times, it's seen as like a creature that tries to lure people out of their houses or out of their huts. Um, it will kind of entice you to leave and go into the forest. And once it gets you far enough away from like the tree line, it'll then grab you and drag you into the middle of the forest where no one can hear you. And it'll actually start to tickle you. Hmm. And then it's rumored that he will either A, tickle you until you die, or B, he will tickle you and then just eat you right there, raw and wiggling. Missing 411. Pretty. Although you can, it says you can also counteract this by wearing your shirt on backwards. Inside out. Right, right, right. So it's also said to be something kind of like the old uh, trolls that lived under bridges, and it would just kind of terrorize travelers, and it would try to lead them astray or distract them and make them go in circles for hours. And the only way to really combat this was to turn your shirt inside out, <laughs> because apparently the teak belaying is a slave to fashion and won't mess with you if you can't dress yourself properly. Ah, son of a bitch, I can't eat you because you don't know how to dress yourself, you jackass. No, who the fuck wears a shirt inside out? Jesus Christ. I'm going to have to go find somebody else now to tickle. Um, Okay, so now here's where it gets interesting, Preston, and this is what you're going to find uh, hopefully intriguing. Where else do you see in in pop culture a horse's head having to do with bad dreams? Bojack Horseman? Oh. I have no idea. All right, well... Do you remember the Legend of Zelda had some horse-headed enemies? The only, th- the only thing pop culture wise that pops up for me for horses' heads uh-huh. is uh, the Godfather. When a guy wakes up, he's like, "Oh my god!" Uh, no, hey, that's a good one. Okay, what about Henry Fuseli's The Nightmare Painting from 1781? Ooh, yeah, uh huh, coming back to you now. Yeah, um, it's the painting of the slightly voluptuous woman kind of laying over her back, and you've got this sickening, ugly little troll gremlin sitting on her chest, uh, symbolizing the old hag. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the random horse's head floating there, kind of from behind the curtain, right? So it is rumored that in the nightmare painting, that horse's head may be the tickbling. The tickbling. Hmm. Yeah, kind of. In, and I never, I never thought about that. But now that you say that, yeah. So the horse also represents a nightmare, you know, uh, play on words for mare and the nightmares. Nightmares are a D&D enemy, by the way. Right, right. They're, they're all over, you know, legends and myths and, as well in folklore. So, yeah, um, it's rumored that the, the Teak Belang also is a nightmare in itself, and he appears in dreams. So the common uh, conception here is that he also travels with a companion who is the gremlin. And at night, um, he will scale up the windows of people's houses and let the gremlin in and sit on the people's chests and suffocate them whilst he can negatively influence their dreams. Huh. Wow, that's, yeah. a, that's a terrific painting for all of that, right? Yeah, so, I know, right? <laughs> and I mean, and this painting's been studied back and forth, front to back, and everybody says it's just a guy with a great idea. He just wanted to paint some creepy shit. And it's been dissected and torn apart and rebuilt and everything else and people theorize all sorts of crazy stuff but uh yeah it's i don't know that and are you looking at the uh black-faced horse or the white-faced horse because there's two different paintings right yeah because there's there's i think there's three actual paintings in actuality well i see the one or three common depictions one of them i think was like a, a, a wood print maybe an etching yeah um this is the one by anglo swiss 
yeah, Anglo Swiss um, Fuseli. Yeah, so it's weird, and I mean, there's all sorts of sexual concepts and and you know notations wrapped up in that painting as well. But uh, that's what gets me, man. Wasn't Freudian recently kind of chalked up to be a bit of a hack? I don't believe yeah. a lot of his shit. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's why I try to poke fun with the whole Freud thing by having you guys, you know, pick five random things. Because, <laughs> like, if I'm a three-year-old child and I'm having a recurring dream of a rooster, I, I, I subconsciously, being three years old, four years old, I don't know cultural-wise that, you know, a rooster is like symbolizes a penis. Like you have to think about like like you look up all these dream meanings and okay so a bear means this well how the fuck can a five year old a ten year old know that a bear culturally means twenty million different things mm-hmm. like th- there are some things yes that culturally that are relevant but a lot of it I I think people are just trying to you know Freud one make a name for himself and. This is kind of that age-old question, like, what are dreams? And, oh, I'm going to answer it. Or <laughs> it could be that our consciousness is connected to the outside world and all the everything, and so it projects yeah. onto us stuff that we wouldn't understand until much later. <sighs> right. That's dun, true. Dun, dun, dun. Well, sh- you know, w- wonder if, uh, you know, we are having interactions with uh, certain entities and... You know, the only way that our our brain can conceptualize it is by projecting the image of a you know like a horse person. Like we we wouldn't be able to physically understand what we're we're looking at. So then your brain's just like, man, just put a horse person in there; it'll be close enough. And that's why we have like you know, culturally speaking, multiple people having dreams about you know the Teak Belang or like uh, Freddy Krueger. That's actually uh, you know Wes Craven got that idea from a Japanese boy who had a recurring dream. And that that's actually culturally relevant to their culture. There's this you know this entity that stocks their dreams with weird right. knife hands. Right. I'm glad you so. brought that up. Yeah. Well, again, guys, we're not uh, we're not coming out here and trying to urge you to take melatonin to have lucid dreams, but um, there you go. Yep. Not telling you to do it. Coming out there right now, saying do not self medicate. But if all your listeners have a really good dream story and you want to shoot us some emails or give us a call. Uh, you know, we might do another listener episode of just dream stories, and yeah. uh, if you have a good one, let us know. Yeah, we would love to have more stories. Um, at the end of the episode, our normal outro, we'll have how you can get a hold of us. But uh, again, consult your doctor if you're having trouble sleeping. Do not take 10 milligrams of melatonin based off of our suggestion. <laughs> so, uh, let's plug shit. All right. Who's first? <laughs> Surprise me. Jump on it, Rob. All right. First of all, I want to uh, let everybody know to listen to Pixelated Radio, playing the best of yesterday and today. That's my video game podcast with Mark, Corey, and Rich. Damn. And Mark has his own podcast, Pixelated Sausage Cast. He's a big pain in the butt. Don't listen to this cast. Besides, he may not be able to do another show because I bet Mothman then flew away with him. (laughs) Also, we have... uh, Rich's podcast, Sports Car Unleashed, where he talks about racing cars. Sean should definitely listen. Yeah. He's so excited about that. And I am quite the NASCAR aficionado. And Oh Indeed podcast with Big Steven and Brady. Boom. Anybody watching anything good lately on uh, the old Netflix Rooney's? Uh, I'm finally getting around to uh, uh, season six or five Hotel of American Horror Story. Right on. Wow. 
Yeah, you get to see Lady Gaga's butt quite a bit. It's it's just it's really it's they wow. That's all I can say. Wow. A good wow or a bad wow? Uh, like, do I want to be watching this sort of wow? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They they do a great job of that show of, like, starting out really great. And then we've said it before. They get to, like, the last two episodes and they say, oh, shit, guys, we need to wrap up a story. We've got two hours to do it. Fucking everybody dies. Dun, dun, dun. And that's not necessarily how that season ends, but yeah, I liked Hotel. I thought it was pretty good. It's yeah. one of my favorites. One of my favorites. We have been watching The Keepers on Netflix. Have you guys watched The Keepers yet? Nope. Rob? Okay, you, you've been watching it? No, no, I said I haven't been watching it. <laughs> You're killing me with your lackadaisic leaning back. Okay, cool, yeah. Um, it's kind of like the next one in the same vein is Making a Murderer, and we have um, one episode left to finish it, but basically a young Catholic teacher um, is murdered, and we're trying to figure out if maybe she was murdered to cover up a disgusting um, sexual abuse ring in the Catholic Church um, in the 70s, I believe it was. So kind of good, seven episodes. It's a little dry. It's not action-packed, but there are several moments where your jaw will still hit the floor. It's definitely worth a watch. There's a, I, can't think of the, I can't think of the name of the, the show, but it's on Netflix right now. It is where somebody took the Archie comics. Oh, and, Riverdale. Uh, uh, Jeffrey's watching that right now, and she's like, it's complete shit, it's stupid, but for some reason I can't stop watching it. <laughs> so I, I wondered how it was, man. I have been watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Hulu. Yeah? I'm really enjoying that show. That's a good cartoon. Well, animated, like, computer animated. Right. So the newer Ninja yeah. Turtles, not like it's really the good. 90s. It's, it's way better storytelling than you would think. Yeah. I mean, one, one like, there's actually, there's actually a part of the TV show that reminded me of the movie where they go stay at the farmhouse. Oh, cool. That literally happens at yeah. the beginning of a season. Ah. Uh, Except the well, a different turtle is injured than than Raphael. Right, right, right. Yeah, I know, I know who it, I know who you're talking. I know that that story arc. Um, yeah, I you know I don't care much for them cutting out the word cowabunga. I think that's the dumbest thing they could have done. I don't. I don't know why they switched to Booyakasha, but whatever. That's their business, not mine. They're getting ready to come out with a brand new turtle cartoon anyway. That one's about done, I think. Oh, Yeah. But, you know, I dig it, but I'm getting sick of... I'm getting tired of, like, every good cartoon having to be redone in an anime style, because that's the hot flavor of the... But it's not really anime style. ...decade. No, it is, too. It's got that bullshit Teen Titans fucking... Somebody falls over and their eyes get ten times the size yeah, of their head. Like, and little... like, that's, like, occasionally. It's not like the everything that happens in that show does that. <laughs> I think it's terrible, and it turned me off, and I quit watching it after four episodes. There you go. Uh, but you know what? Child. I dig... I really dig the uh, the character design of Muckman. One of my favorite people from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, they they did cool stuff, man. And I got to give it to them. Um, the original concept for Baxter Stockman was supposed to be a scientist, and he was an African American man. And I really dig what they did with Baxter Stockman and the Stockman Fly in this show. Like they handled that really well. So I'm not going to say <laughs> they don't do good on storytelling because they've done some pretty awesome stuff with some of the characters. But uh, yeah, it's worth worth watching. And on the note of cartoons, I don't know if anybody else is stoked like I am, but Castlevania hits Netflix mm. on the 7th of June. I hope it's going to be good. Yeah. Probably going to. 
Uh, you know, everybody says it's great. It's supposed to have like a, a very disgustingly high R rating. So mm-hmm. that, that excites me because that game was pretty brutal if you think about it. I used to play the shit out of Castlevania 2 on yeah. the old Nintendo. That is what the series is supposed to be based off of, I think, is mostly the story arc of Castlevania 2. Cool. Yeah, so exciting stuff. But yeah, that's yeah. enough about nerdy shit. Guys, Wichita River <laughs> Wichita River Fest is upon us. Go down there, check it out. Lots of great shows, lots yeah, of great concerts. By the time the show goes up. No, sir, it doesn't end until uh, the... No. The 11th, I think, is when it wraps up. The 10th yeah, or the 11th. Something so, like that. Yeah. Yep. Flowbots, Flaming Lips, OK Go, Less Than Jake, if you're into them and you don't think there has been's yet. Um, and countless other good shows. I can't wait. Common's going to be there. I'm going to go watch that shit, too. Yeah. No, I, I do got some. Common, rapper? yep. Yes, sir. From Hells, Hells on Wheels? Yep. On that's Wheels? the one. Cool dude. I like his shit. I like his. Like good. His All Hell right. Yeah. I think I got one last thing to uh-huh. end the show on. No, we always I always talk about how you need to rate and review us on iTunes because that's one way to get our podcast out there. And a faithful listener wrote us a review. Now, Rob's not going to like it and I'm a little jealous, but I'm going to read it just the same. It is from Mulleted Man and it is titled Wow, that Sean guy. <laughs> This podcast is pretty great. Lots of fun and interesting paranormal stuff that is fun even if you're a skeptic like I am. The best part of the is the opening when Sean comes on with the greeting. Can't even begin to describe the feelings I get below the belt when I hear his delicate tones. I love you, Sean. If it weren't for your lady love, I would be all over you. <laughs> So, thanks, Molten Man, for buttering Sean's biscuits. We appreciate it. And thank you for the five-star review. It's fantastic. Yes, yes, Molten Man. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. You're making me blush. Uh, Hey, that reminds me real quick before we cut off. Let's give a couple quick shout-outs to some new listeners. Isaac, you know who you are, and thank you, sir, for listening to us. Uh, we'll try to get you on an episode here before too long if we can, when we can. But yeah, thank you, sir, for listening. And also to uh, a couple of ladies out there, Morgan and Caitlin, thank you, ladies, for listening to us and finding our show and tuning in. Um, they are the ones I was telling you that listen to us for 10 straight hours from Kansas all the way to they, Illinois. They get tired of us. Man, we sat in their wow. backseat and kept them entertained for 10-plus hours, man, all the way to the Windy City. So, yeah, ladies, thanks a lot for listening. And if you made it through that first 10 hours, boy, you got a lot a lot of good stuff coming your way because we were a bit rusty yeah. back then. And uh, uh, one of the guys from Lodge finally uh, picked up the podcast the other day, uh, Brother Redis. So, Curtis, thank you for finally listening and uh, for the positive reviews that you gave me and for – Liking Rob and thinking Rob's a funny guy. I don't know what's wrong with this guy, but he's a Mason, so he's got to be. He's got to be in on it. <laughs> What's the frequency, Kenneth? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, hey, guys, thanks so much for listening to us and being new listeners, and we hope that uh, you find that it gets better and better as time goes by. So, there we are. All right, guys, I think that's it. With, uh, with that all being said, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time around. Yay! Video games! The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. 
details that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. You have two ways. One, email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we have that set up too. Dial us at 707-523-4263. Again, that's 707-523-4263. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. You're my rainbow wheel. When I see you, I know it's time to restart this computer. (sighs) Oh my God, I'm fly.